0: Boxing has a new hero, the Oscars are still a bust, and the Astros still don't get it on a brand new air attack starting right now. And we will get to the embarrassment that was the Oscars again. Um, A lot to talk about in college sports, uh, the NBA with a brand-new All-Star format, uh, the Daytona 500, which was insane. The the baseball madness, we'll get to all of it first. What happened in Vegas last weekend was was something that boxing really needed. I know it wasn't the greatest fight in the world. It was pretty one-sided, actually. But Tyson Fury is an absolute monster, and that's what boxing needs. They need a character. They need a guy who's kind of out of this world. I mean, here you got this... This guy who was down and out a few years ago. Licking blood off of Deontay Wilder in the fifth and sixth round. I mean, it was crazy. Singing American Pie after the fight. Singing Crazy by Linda Ronstadt on the way in. Coming in on a throne. I mean, the guy is just mad. And, and by his own admission, he's crazy. But, I mean, it was just a wild event all around. Um, it probably went on too long. If you watch this, Deontay Wilder was, was pretty much out on his feet for the last round and a half. And I credit Mark Breland who was a great boxer in his own right, for throwing in the towel when he did. And he got some heat at that time and after the fight from guys in his own corner. But you know what? I'm sorry. You have a 270-pound man just toying with your guy, and you're there to protect him. That's your job. Your job ultimately is to protect your fighter. That's what Mark Breland did. There's no shame whatsoever in just saying, hey, man, enough. Okay, he's had enough. And, and you, listen, he's not going to have much of a career left over if you let him stay in there and keep getting pounded. So even on a monetary level, on a selfish level, you got to throw the towel in. It's just how it is sometimes. Okay, it's called living to fight another day, literally, because Tyson Fury might have killed him. Tyson Fury, and he had said in the the press conference beforehand, I want to taste his blood. It's exactly what he did, literally. Literally tasted his blood. So here you got Tyson Fury, who was born in Manchester to this family of Irish travelers, which are basically a bunch of yeah weirdos let's just call it what it is they're just a bunch of weirdos okay they call him the gypsy king weighed one pound when he was born mother had 14 pregnancies and only four of the kids survived he was obviously one of them failed a drug test in september of 2015 okay also was alleged to have used a performance enhancer before that but that came well over a year after the test was actually administered so they give him a test for performance enhancers and then it was like 16 17 months later they say oh by the way you failed well how does that work well it's boxing Remember, people, it's boxing, not just shady in America. And that is something that has plagued this sport for years and years and helped bring it down. Also, obviously, UFC, let's face it. But the, the shadiness of boxing has been to the detriment of the, of the sport now for about 25, 30 years. Just all there is to it. Uh, it. Everyone knows what's going on. They know about Don King and his dirty tricks. And Mike Tyson's been very open about that kind of stuff. Anyway, here's a guy who was banned until December of 2017 from the sport. So you can kick a guy when he's down. I'm sure there are plenty of people that did that. I'm sure there are plenty of people that try to keep him out of boxing for good. Well, it doesn't always happen that way. Some people actually get back up. Some people are going to like it. Some people are not going to like it. I think that most people, though, like a comeback, especially when a guy's got talent. And that is certainly the case with Tyson Fury. So good for him. It will definitely be interesting to see what the future holds for uh, for Mr. Fury. And I'm, I'm sure Deontay Wilder will be back. He is. He's just too good of a fighter not to be. So rough night for him, but... I'm sure he will bounce back. Um, as far as the Oscars, first, let's let's get the Harvey Weinstein stuff out of the way because news broke today that he is he's going to jail basically, found guilty on a few of the counts, not all the counts. I'm not going to bore you with the legal element of it, but here's a guy who it, it just it just boggles the mind, had about as good of a life as he could possibly have, throws the whole thing away, throws his reputation, and everything. And this is a life that he should have lost a long time ago. I mean, he just basically intimidated people from all from all, the, all the reports you get into keeping their mouths shut. It's amazing he was allowed to go on this long. And I'm a big believer in innocent until proven guilty. But let's face it, you had enough accusations over the course of enough years that it's really tough to see how at least some of these are not the truth. I mean, what does Annabella Shiora have to get up on, on the stand for and testify? I mean, here's a woman who's, I think, she's, I think she's in her 50s at this point, right? She's made plenty of money in Hollywood. She's had a great career. Why would she get up there and just make something up about Harvey Weinstein? Come on. It doesn't make any sense. So not found, he wasn't found guilty on everything. I'm not going to get into all the legal stuff. I know the Me Too crowd wants to go ahead and use this now to sort of, you know, puff up their platform again. Just every case is different, people, okay? But in Harvey Weinstein's case... Hard to defend him. It really, really is. As far as the Oscars, which is a bunch of people who used to really love Harvey Weinstein, uh even even when a lot of them kinda knew what was going on. Um, if you look back to it was like fifteen years ago, Courtney Love made a joke about it at the Golden Globes, I believe it was, but that's okay. Everybody no, no one else had any idea. It was just it was just the one that used to be married to Kurt Cobain who was on to Harvey Weinstein. Yeah. Um First of all, the best picture, Parasite. I've not seen it. I've not seen really any of these films. I just haven't. I will see that. I'll see 1917. I'll see Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. And I will see Parasite. Here's the thing. And Trump kind of stole my thunder with a couple of these things. I've not seen it. No one else I know has either. I've heard that it's a really good movie, but that's from people you know, on the radio and a couple you know, critics and whatnot. And it seemed a little weird when it won because it seemed like before the show, people were pushing the idea of this picture winning. And they were talking about that, you know, you shouldn't be turned off by the subtitles. And that's fine. I mean, I watch a show on Netflix, which is really good, called Narcos. There's actually, they've broken it up into two shows, Narcos and now Narcos Mexico. I just finished season two of Narcos Mexico. A lot of the show is in English. A lot of it's in Spanish. It's DEA agents and it's drug cartels. And they make it very authentic, so you have, to, you, know, you have to do a little work and read the subtitles. It's okay. I don't mind. I mean, but it is a lot of work. You have to focus, especially in a room where you have multiple TVs, which some of us do. So it's a little tough. You really have to focus. But I thought it was just a little weird. When I heard that it won, the first thing I thought of was BTS. That's this Korean boy band, which is like all the rage on Twitter with all these you know, young kids the way you know, Bieber used to be in One Direction. Now everyone's going crazy over BTS these i don't know what what it is six or seven or eight korean kids are selling out stadiums across america i just thought the timing of that was a little bit strange and then When Trump made a comment about the film, one of Obama's former staff members, also happens to be Korean or Korean American, said, hey, we're the fastest growing demographic in the United States and we're going to be the swing vote in a lot of states and yada and I'm saying to myself, boy, you're doing a really good job of making people think this wasn't political. So give me a break. I mean, it's always, this thing is always political. Honestly, it's ridiculous. And no host this year. They couldn't find anybody to host or they just didn't bother trying to find anyone because they didn't want someone going up and digging up the old tweets or old comments the way they did on Kevin Hart last year so basically this year they decided to go with no host I mean maybe you could just go with children this way there won't be any dirt on the kids you could have Greta Thunberg and David Hogg maybe they could host next year if you want to make it you know all about politics just just host the thing in the UN honestly Natalie Portman shows up with with a list of female directors woven into her jacket are you kidding me you know what you have a production company make movies with all women crews go ahead knock yourself out Start your own award show. You certainly have the money. Give me. A, it's every single year. And then Brad Pitt, who's actually one of my favorite actors, he gets up there and it takes him about three seconds to start talking about John Bolton and the Senate. I mean, that's just really, this is supposed to be about movies, right? This is supposed to be a fun night. And here he gets up there with his, this deadpan face like he's so concerned about all this stuff. Give me a break, you bunch of phonies. And guess what? The lowest rated Oscars ever. Not complicated, guys. Maybe Ricky Gervais was onto something at the Golden Globes. He even said afterwards, he goes, I tried to warn these people, they don't want to hear about their opinions on life, okay, and the environment and politics and everything else. It, it's like it's a cult, okay, and to be initiated, you have to swear allegiance to whatever political agenda these people are pushing that particular year. I mean, what, they, all of these actors and all of these directors, they all feel the same way about all these topics? Come on now. Give me a break. And they just don't get it. The ratings keep going down and down, and they just keep pushing harder and harder and harder. And no one's supposed to think it's suspicious at all. you got to be kidding me. And an interesting twist this year, speaking of politics, the Obamas won an Oscar. Their production company won an Oscar for their first production ever. And I've watched this. I didn't realize they produced this. It's called American Factory. You can find it on Netflix. Very good. It's a documentary. It's about an hour and a half long. It's about an Ohio factory that used to be a GM plant. It closes down. Now it reopens. But it's it's an auto glass factory, and it's owned by a Chinese manufacturer. So now the people come in there who are working for GM, looking for jobs again, they get paid a lot less money, anyone who pushes for a union is fired, the management openly talks about not caring about American laws or American workers, and at the end of the film, what's the message about? How Americans are losing jobs because of technology and automation and robotics. And I'm like, wait a minute. What about the fact that a foreign company is allowed to come in here and treat, your, treat the American workers like animals and pay them pay peanuts and subject them to all these ridiculously dangerous situations because when you're dealing with glass, you're dealing with a lot of heat and a lot of you know, fire and stuff like that. And this is all stuff that's part of the film. They, they all included, they included all of this stuff in the film, but at the, the end, they're like, you know, automation is really killing us. And I'm like, wait a second. What about the behavior of this company? Why are you letting someone come here and then treat people like this? I was like, what did I just get done watching? I mean, did they not even watch their own production and just decide to slap the propaganda on at the end? I mean, give me a break, man. Come on. I know a lot of people, and I know a lot of people like Obama, but give me a fucking break already, guys. Be honest. Holy God. I mean, can there just be entertainment without, without a bunch of political mind-melting at the end good god and if we're going to talk about the democratic debate which i'll do very briefly because i'm not we're not delving into politics every every episode here but um i watch maybe live i watch maybe five minutes total what what they need and one of my one of my followers uh made a very good point what they need because this was his idea is a mute button the way they have on around the horn on espn they need basically to cut these people's microphones off it's not fair to them I mean, they're all acting like children up there, raising their hand. They're trying to basically cut each other off. They won't stop talking. They tell them to stop talking, and they just talk over the moderators. It's ridiculous, but they're put in a, re- in a ridiculous situation to begin with. It's just absurd. So, I mean, it's just, it's degrading to the whole thing. Then you got Mike Bloomberg who pops in, who's basically everywhere. I cannot turn on the television or the radio for more than maybe three or four minutes without him popping up. It's crazy. It's like, it's like I wake up in the morning thinking I'm going to hear about how Mike Bloomberg is going to unite the country, lead the way a leader should, yada, yada, yada. And that's the other thing. All of his advertisements, they sound like any candidate from any year, from any party ever. It's It's incredible. Mike Bloomberg's going to do the things that you know and I know and we know and he knows and she knows and they know need to be done to lead the country the way a country needs to be led. What, what are you talking about? Going to find some common ground. Well, that's, that's riveting, Mike. That really is great. But the little bit that I watched, they were arguing over how billionaires are evil, which was obviously because Trump's a billionaire and now Bloomberg's a billionaire. So you got to make sure you get, you get your shots in on those guys because somehow billionaires are evil. I thought success was the idea. I thought making a bunch of money and having a great life was the idea. And, and I know not everyone's going to become a billionaire, but shouldn't you strive to have a good life? And what's funny is that for all the billionaire talk, they sure didn't mention any of the billionaires in Silicon Valley that are running companies like Uber and Lyft and DoorDash and Instacart who are paying the vast majority of their workers, and I mean the vast majority of them, minimum wage. And there's a huge lawsuit going on in California to try to fight that right, right now. I'm not going to get into that whole thing, because, again, it's not a political show, but I found that kind of interesting. Very convenient, the things they bring up and don't bring up in these political debates. So, okay. And the other thing I noticed was Mayor Pete yelling at Amy Klobuchar about voting for English as the official language of the United States. I mean, the whole thing, guys... <laughs> None of this is helping you. I promise you, none of this is helping any of you become president. Oh, my God. Go up there and talk about something people care about. Holy cow. My God. I just thought I thought the whole thing was comical. They got to do a lot better next time. Hopefully, for their sake, they do. Um, so we got a bunch of other stuff to talk about around the sports world. Let's talk about the college stuff real quick. And it just happens the three stories that I have are from the Big Ten. First of all, if you didn't notice, Bobby Knight actually returned to Indiana University. For the first time in 20 years, um, had one of his championship teams with him. um, I think a team from 40 years ago, if I'm not mistaken. He had a big falling out, for those of you that don't know, with the administration. Basically in, I want to say 2000. um, Yeah, it was 2000 because it's been 20 years. Basically, a new president came in, that was Miles Brand, decided he was going to basically impose his own sort of liberal view of how universities should work. And one of those things is that coaches should be nicer and kinder and not you know, hit the players or swear at them or throw chairs across the court the way certain coaches like to do it back at that time. So he made a, the, the problem with him was that he made a very big spectacle of this whole thing with Bobby Knight. And basically, it was kind of like in the movie Private Parts where a new manager comes in and he's going to show, he's going to tell Howard Stern how it is. And he's going he's gonna, to, quote, put that puppy on a leash. That's how Miles Brand treated Bobby Knight. And it was ridiculous. And it was, you know, the arrogance and, and just the way he, he was so pompous about everything, giving him a zero tolerance policy and treating him like a child and basically trying to get people to turn their backs on him. But the problem was, and if you follow this story at the time, you, you realize that Miles Brand was trying to draw attention to himself. There was a lot of look at me in all of this, quote unquote, discipline coming from Miles Brand. And eventually, it wasn't that much longer after they implemented this very famous zero-tolerance policy. Here's a kid walking down the sidewalk. He says something along the lines of, yo, Knight, or hey, Knight. And Bobby Knight grabs him by the elbow and says, hey, it's Mr. Knight or it's Coach Knight. And that was it. Because of the very famous zero-tolerance policy, they weren't tolerating him grabbing a student by the elbow. And Bobby Knight was gone. Two years later, Miles Brand was out in Indiana because you want to talk about people turning on somebody, it, it completely backfired on him completely and utterly blew up in his face the guy had done a lot for you for the indiana university he raised a lot of money for them, tuition went up, donations went up, yada, yada, yada. Once he started messing with Bobby Knight, that was it. He was gone two years later, and then he passed away, passed away a few years after that uh, of cancer, and I believe Bobby Knight had said something along the lines of good when the guy passed away. So it was really, really ugly, and everybody lost. Bobby Knight ended up going to Texas Tech, but that wasn't the same. Indiana basketball suffered. They brought in Kelvin Sampson. That was a disaster. They've had a slew of coaches since then. It just hasn't worked out, and basically it was a lose-lose situation, including the part where Bobby Knight and Indiana weren't talking. So, good for, good for Coach Knight, good for the university, and, and you can tell by the reception there that it was long overdue. Just goes to show you sometimes, the people running these universities, you know, they're not rocket scientists. You know, even though they're in the public eye, and a lot of times, here's a guy trying to put on a performance for everybody in Miles Brand, and it ends up just taking everyone down. You know, just because one guy is on a power trip, because one guy wants to, like I say, put on a show for everybody, and, and wield whatever authority he has. It just, it just was a bad situation for everybody, so... Long overdue. Bobby Knight returning to Indiana. Um, Now, here's another one. And that is where Mark D'Antonio leaves Michigan State. Spur of the moment in, was it late January, early February, waits until a seven-figure bonus is triggered in his contract and then just leaves the football team to, quote-unquote, spend more time with their family. Let me explain something to you guys. No football coach Especially a head football coach in a major college program, NFL, whatever, wants to spend time with their family. If they did, they wouldn't be football coaches. They can all say they, you know, they love their family, respect them. I'm not saying they hate their kids or hate their wives or anything like that. I'm not saying they do. I'm not saying they don't. I'm just saying they don't love spending time with their family because the nature of their work basically says that they're not going to. It just dictates that they're not going to be able to be family men. <laughs> That's just how it is. Okay, for the for the length of time they're coaching. All of a sudden Mark D'Antonio says, Oh, I want to I want to spend time with my family. Turns out he's under investigation for improperly uh paying kids parents and and all kinds of other stuff it's going to get ugly probably at michigan state meanwhile michigan state needs a football coach so where do they go looking they go looking to the university of colorado and the coach at university of colorado got up and told everyone hey listen i'm staying at colorado i'm happy here the problem is michigan state kept upping the offer and finally mel tucker said i've got to take this i got to do it i mean here's a big who knows when i'm getting another offer like this again I am, after all, the coach of Colorado. Now, why they wanted him so badly, I'm not sure. Colorado was a good program. Colorado had, if you look at their record last year, even the year before that, they've had a lot of problems with injuries. We've also got some good players in there, too. We've got some guys that'll be NFL players. He's done a decent job at that program. And the Pac-12 is not the easiest place to coach right now. I don't want to go off on a tangent here, but the bottom line is that Colorado's furious with Mel Tucker. Oh, well, wait a second, blame Mark D'Antonio. I mean, who does this to a program? He's been at that, that school about 15 years. Who does this to a school like that? and waits for them to pay him something that they're contractually obligated to pay him, and then bolts without even giving them a heads up, and leaves them in a position where they have to fight an NCAA investigation, more than likely. This is coming off the Larry Nasser scandal. He was the doctor for the USA Gymnastics team. He was based in Michigan State. So now you get these latest allegations against the football program. Michigan State solved the problem of finding themselves a head coach, but then they left Colorado with this big problem. And the things you do, this is just an example of how when you do stuff like this, it doesn't just affect you. It affects a bunch of kids, and people are furious at Colorado. Hey, my, my kid was going there. Drew Pearson was on Twitter. You follow me on Twitter, by the way, at BC, AK, the man. He's on Twitter saying, my grandkid is going to Colorado, and this guy looked me in the eye and promised me he wasn't going anywhere. Well, that's before Michigan State held a big bag of money in front of his face. What do you expect? What do you expect the guy to do? So I, I don't have any, any hard feelings towards Mel Tucker whatsoever for what he did. I mean, you have these opportunities. You never know when the next one's coming along. You got a wife. You got kids. You got a, you got a career. And that's just how it works sometimes. It, it becomes very ugly. But blame the guy responsible, and that's Mark D'Antonio. And then the other story out of the Big Ten, there's two Ohio State kids, and with all the other stuff going on, Tyson Fury, all of the Kobe tributes, you had NBA All-Star Week in the Daytona, this kind of got swept under the rug. But two, two kids from Ohio State were just kicked off the team because they're accused of rape. And here's two college football players who decided that on a Wednesday night it would be a good idea to have a girl over to their, I guess, their apartment or their football dorm, whatever, and have sex with her at the same time. And now they're claiming that it was consensual, but here's the, here's the wrinkle in the story. Before she left there, they made her record a cell phone video saying that she was there of her own free will and that she consented to everything that went on. If that is true, if they actually did that, those kids could go ahead and make reservations at whatever jail they want right now. That is one of the dumbest things I've ever heard in my life because now, you're, now you have created evidence of two things. Number one, she was definitely there. And number two you obviously, you obviously sensed something was wrong before she left. Because otherwise, why would you have her make that video? These kids are complete idiots. And on top of all that, even if what went on there was consensual, what on earth are you thinking? You are both scholarship football players at Ohio State. How is this gonna play out? That you thought this was a good idea? This is, this is the kind of stuff that you do on a regular basis. I mean, in the age of Me Too, in the age of technology, you thought it was a good idea to get in this kind of situation. I'm not saying I know what happened because I wasn't there. But this looks, this looks really, really bad for these two kids. No matter what, they're guilty of at least being incredibly stupid and having incredibly poor judgment. But the fact that you're having the girl make a video before she leaves saying, oh, by the way, you have to look. And, and by the way, we're not letting you leave until you make this video. That's another problem. It's not going to play well in court, gentlemen. Sorry. I mean, if you're, you're in college, man, you're, you're getting a full ride to Ohio State to play football, and this is the kind of stuff that crosses your mind to do. I don't know what to tell you. My God and that, and that's if we that's if we're going on the assumption that we don't know what happened if it turns out that they actually did sexually assault this girl the things that she accuses here are pretty are pretty rough you know, I'm not trying to not trying to compare one sexual assault to another and go that direction. I don't, I don't I have no interest in doing that. But I'm just saying that if you look at the accusation here, talking about her basically being being held against her will in every sense of the word, and it's it's just really, really ugly. So that's a story you may not have heard, but something you may want to track at Ohio State. I don't know what these kids are going to do. I don't know if one's going to turn on the other. I don't know how it's going to play out. But ugly stuff out of uh, out of Columbus. Okay, now the NBA. First of all, the Cavs. Uh, John Beeline is out as head coach of the Cavs. The reason I'm bringing this up is that a few months ago. He used the word thug in, in a film session with the guys because they were basically being lazy. They decided to pounce on that, spread it throughout the media, and use it as an excuse to turn on the guy and try to run him out of town. And these are, these are a bunch of, I mean, this is a terrible team. The team is now 15 and 41. I think they were 14 and 40 when he left. This team sucks. And this team has a problem with effort. This team also has a problem with maturity. Here's a guy who's one of the best coaches in the game anywhere, anywhere that you'll find, who has won every single place that he's gone that maybe you guys could learn something from. He has a slip of the tongue. And I don't know if when he said thugs, I don't know if he was mad and, and trying to call him thugs or if he meant to say slugs, which were his words or what it was. Maybe he just didn't realize what he was saying. I don't care. OK, he, called, he said thugs. Okay. there's a million worse words he could have used. You guys were obviously trying to pounce on that and finger point and trying to just over dramatize this whole thing because you don't like him. And the fact that you shared it with the media instead of keeping it in the locker room or sharing it with your GM or your owner proves that. And then you find out that what they really didn't like, ah, he wanted to work hard at practice. Wow. Imagine that. Okay, he wanted them to 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 spend time studying film. Now nah, these kids want to get in their kids. I'm sorry. These are these are these are not men. This is not how men act. This is how little boys act. Okay? And what's wrong? Where's Kevin Love in all this, by the way? Where's the veteran leadership here? Like an overgrown child, Kevin Love is. Give me a fucking break, guys. It's completely ridiculous. That whole situation was terrible. That whole organization has been a mess. The only good thing that's ever happened to that organization in the last twenty five years has been LeBron James. And he basically came and, came and went at his own at his own leisure. Speaking of guys who like to run coaches out of places. So maybe that's where these kids learned it. I don't know. But just it was never, I thought, a really good fit for John Beeline to be in the NBA. See, when when you coach college, the guys have to listen to you. When it's the NBA, there's not a lot of teams where you you see the coach really getting animated with the guys and the guys really responding. You see it a little bit in Golden State, but Steve Kerr is not really that hands-on. Popovich gets the guys to listen. Thibodeau would get guys to listen, but it was only certain guys. And when a team turns on you, they turn on you. But this team is worthless. This team's not going anywhere anytime soon. And they're sitting there acting like the coach is the problem. Good. I'm glad this happened because now the Cavs are 15-41. and 41. Okay, so 15-41 is what? 56 games? Good. You've got 26 more games to prove how great you can be without that monster John Beeline holding you down. I wish you a lot of luck. As far as the All-Star weekend went, I thought the new format for the... Um, for the All-Star Game itself was actually pretty good. The Elam ending, if you don't know what this is, they started this, if I'm not mistaken, in something called the Basketball Tournament, which is a winner-take-all tournament. I think it's up to $2 million. So these teams play from around the country and even around the world. And some of them have played in the NBA, but you'll recognize guys from college basketball, like that kid Dievendorf, they used to play for Syracuse. It's never really much of a factor in the NBA, In fact, I'm not sure he actually played at all in the NBA, but he plays on a team called Beheim's Army in the Basketball Tournament. And what they do in this tournament is, in the fourth quarter of games, When it gets to four minutes left in the game, the first stoppage in play, the first foul, the first out of bounds, the first timeout, they take the the winning team's score, the team that's leading, and they add X amount of points to it. I think they add now eight points to it. And then what happens is the first team to get to that score wins the game. So it eliminates this weird end-of-the-game fouling back-and-forth kind of scenario. Kind of Instead of having the action sort of degrade the way some people think that scenario does, you say, hey, listen, if you want to win, you're actually just going to have to come back. And there's no, there's no clock to work against. There's no running down the clock. There's no fouling and, and hack-a-shack or that kind of thing. So the NBA decided that they would implement a strategy kind of like that with the All-Star Game this year. They just decided to add 24 points, little tribute to Kobe, and then... That's how the you know, the All-Star Game winner would be decided. So they did that at the beginning of the fourth quarter. I thought the guys, maybe it was partially because of that ending. Maybe it was because of the charity implications, which I thought were really a good idea. Or maybe just the fact that they were trying to pay tribute to Kobe. I've never seen energy like that from these guys in an All-Star Game ever. That's as simply as I can put it. I don't care. I know a lot of times you see them kind of you know, come together in the last three, four minutes of the game and really try to win. But I don't. I don't want to hear it. They played harder in, this, in this, this fourth quarter than I've ever seen in my life. And I didn't watch a lot of the game, but I wanted to watch the fourth quarter and see how it played out. And the fact that I, I just think out of respect for Kobe and the whole thing, I, I really think that had a lot to do with it. But a real nice job from them. I know there was controversy in the slam dunk contest. I didn't watch a lot of it, but I got two words for you, Dwayne Wade. I mean, he is the he. Dwayne Wade loves attention so much. If you listen to the judges, they all said we were we all had agreed that the two guys were going to be tied and have a dunk off at the end. And if you notice, when they gave the scores and people were surprised that Aaron Gordon lost, look who's the one guy who gets up and takes his earpiece out and knows that he's going home. It's Dwayne Wade. He's the guy. He knew what he was doing, and then he admitted it afterwards that he was he was the vote that everyone was surprised about. Never admitted that he did it on purpose, but he did it on purpose, guys. It, this goes all the way. Back to LeBron James and the decision when he goes to the Heat and Dwayne Wade playing dumb and smirking the whole time because obviously those two got together, decided they were going to play with each other. Chris Bosh getting on camera, goofing around, say, you know, literally laughing while he's saying, I have no idea where LeBron's going to go. That whole thing. It's just one thing after another with him. And, and more recently, we've seen Dwayne Wade using his 12-year-old child for basically publicity where the kid is making... Let's just say some pretty significant decisions in 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 their own lives, okay? And so here we got Dwayne Wade out there talking about it all over the place, like it's the greatest thing that he's so woke and evolved that he understands whatever the kid wants to do. The kid is twelve. The kid is twelve. That's your child. Let the child be 12, okay? Any life-altering decisions that get made, how about making those behind closed doors? No, not Dwayne Wade. We got to get on TV and talk about how woke we are. He's obviously a LeBron copycat. He sees how LeBron has built his own brand, okay, as a family guy, as a guy who cares about education, yada, 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 and he obviously wants that same perception for himself. That's okay if you want to do that, but using your 12-year-old to do it, okay, alongside of your goofball wife. Who was, who was a complete nut, who got herself tossed of America's Got Talent because she decided to go nuts on Jay Leno, of all people. And yes, that was the last straw in, these, in a series of events. But still, that's how she got herself canned from that job. This is just ridiculous. I got no problem with you guys making commercials as a couple. I got no problem. If you want to have ESPN do a documentary on your last year in the NBA, knock yourselves out. I'm not going to watch. I got better things to do. I got a lot better things to do. Okay, I really don't care what your last year in the NBA was like. I'm sure you do. I'm sure your wife does. I'm sure you guys think it's the greatest thing in the world. Okay, but, but honestly, it, this is just so over the top with him. And so the, the slam dunk controversy, is just another, just another suspect move among many suspect moves by Dwayne Wade. This is something he's, he's become really good at. So my, the only thing I can tell you is if you're going to bet on these things, don't. Don't, because this is the kind of goofy bullshit that's allowed to go on. In a day and age where you've got legalized gambling in more and more places, there are going to be bets on the slam dunk contest. The three-point contest is one thing. That's fine. That's fine. If you, I mean, because there's no, there's no judges there. But if you're going to bet on a sport where there's judges, no way. I'm not going to – even the boxing. I mean, let's face it. Boxing has the reputation that it has for a reason. I'm not, I'm not betting on boxing. A lot of people thought that last, that last fight was a joke between Fury and Wilder, a split decision that ended in a draw. Pfft, how much money do you think the books made on that? And if, there, if there's three-way action, the sports books, there's no one that's on a draw. The sports books, we're going to make a ton of action. Give me a break. I'm not saying there's any, anything corrupt here. I think this was just Dwayne Wade going off on his own and doing Dwayne Wade type of things because he thinks it's funny. He thinks anything, anything that draws attention to him is, like, the greatest thing in the world. I mean, it's just how he is. So, a great player. Great player, Hall of Famer, all that kind of stuff. But it's just the, the, the look-at-me antics of this guy have been going on for over a decade. It's enough already. Um... Before we get to the NFL and their, their new CBA and everything else, uh, somebody asked me what I think about the XFL. Uh, I don't. I don't think anything about it. I think they're doing a good job um, creating some buzz. I just think that this is a time where uh, the college basketball players and the NBA players should get their attention that they, that they deserve um, as you get closer and closer to playoffs and March Madness and all that kind of stuff. The one question I had with the XFL is where's Colin Kaepernick? Because here's a guy who, remember, remember something, he really wants to play. He really wants desperately to play football. Well, then why is he not playing football? Turns out they talked about this with him a year ago. He decided he wanted $20 million to play. <laughs> so, so right now Colin Kaepernick is writing a book. I know, shocking. Speaking of people who love attention, he's out writing a book. Demanded $20 million to play in the XFL. Now, why? Just think that one over for a second. Because the XFL has a strict rule where they, say, where they already said you have to stand for the national anthem. So by telling you... Hey, listen, or by telling the XFL, hey, listen, I want $20 million before I'm going to come play for you guys. He's taking himself one step removed from the one thing that's holding him back from the league. Because what if they said, okay, listen, uh, we'll give you, we'll we'll give you, you know, we'll pay. They're not going to pay him $20 million. But what if they said, okay, you can come play for us. We're going to let you kneel during the national anthem. What's he going to do then? that he's going to have to either play or admit that he never wanted to play at all. So what he did was actually kind of smart. Oh, yeah, I'll play for $20 million, $20 million. The highest paid players in the XFL get paid about half a million for a year. And they're quarterbacks and whatnot. And you could see where Colin Kaepernick would say, hey, listen, I'm a bigger name than those guys. I deserve some more money. But $20 million a year, very shrewd move. Remember, he really wants to play, guys. He wants very badly to play football. Now for the NFL stuff, where it looks like they might be going to a seven-team playoff format, I have no problem with that. I think, what's going to happen? The six and seven teams are going to play, and then I'll just go back to the old format. So for an extra game, um, and that, which would stretch the season out, I really, I kind of like that, actually. I know people are talking about Doug Hodges and everything else, but Uh, because the Steelers would have made the playoffs this year under that old format. But what's wrong with that? I mean, what's wrong with an extra team making the playoffs? I mean, I don't know why people are going to complain about more football. Um, But the NFL is going to have to up the money, because apparently the compensation they're offering to the players for the 17th game, which is another part of this whole thing, they want to have a 17-game regular season. You know what? Let them fight it out. I I don't care. I mean, the NFL, to me, is fine the way it is. If they want to add one more regular season game and an extra playoff team, eh, knock yourselves out. Go ahead. But they're going to have to come up with money for the players. There's, There's no two ways about that and now for something that was pretty much the dumbest thing i've seen over the last couple of weeks i mean i've covered a lot of stupidity in this show and I, I usually expect people to do dumb things but what happened at the daytona 500 with this crazy fiery finish and you know it's it's nascar there are crashes but ryan newman ends up on his on his roof and then gets hit by another driver sparks are flying denny hamlin wins denny hamlin celebrating not realizing the gravity of the situation. And then Fox just cuts away and goes to Lone Star 911, which is this this corny new show where Rob Lowe is a firefighter, okay, and a firefighter from New York who relocates to Texas. Yeah, wild stuff. So here we have the Ryan Newman is on the way to the ICU. Most of America is under the impression that he's dead or fighting for his life. And I'm not kidding about that, by the way. By the way, if if you follow this situation on Twitter and on social media, people are like what's going on and, and you're hearing reporters or you're reading reporters at least tell you that they put up a big black tarp around the area of the car and they're, they're trying to extract him from the car and this is really bad the whole place is silent people are talking about dale earnhardt and how reminiscent this situation uh is uh, of what happened there and next thing you know ryan newman ends up being okay but we don't know any of that stuff because Fox has to go to its goofy new show that's probably going to be off the air next year anyway. And the and the best part about it, from what I heard, that episode of this preposterous show which will soon be gone started with a car crash. It started the episode started with a car crash. What is going on at Fox? What did you guys do? Did you give all the adult producers the holiday weekend off? What the hell was that? And thankfully, for, you know, the sake of technology and everything else that goes into building these, these, these vehicles now, Ryan Newman walked out of the hospital a couple days later with his daughters, which is it's just kind of miraculous. But I'm telling you, if you followed this situation on social media, you thought he was a goner. And there's nothing. Fox. In fact, Fox wouldn't even go to FS1 or FS2. What a terror. I mean, just terribly handled. It's amazing how some of these companies behave these days. Who's in charge over there? Who's making a decision like this? NASCAR, now to be fair about it, NASCAR wants the media to sort of lay low when it comes to stuff like that. They don't want the media interfering with the rescue efforts. They don't want them to go and and be completely morbid about things and go blow by blow and into detail. But they at least told you, hey, listen, this is a very serious situation there. They just chased us out of pit row. And that's basically your indicator that they are very concerned that something's going on here. And this is the biggest event of the year for this sport. And Fox says, okay. Uh, We're done here. (laughs) Hey, listen, we had to postpone it on Sunday. It's Monday now. We got to get into our regular primetime lineup. Did anybody think to say, hey, listen, the guy might be dying here? What what happened? The producers were like, hey, listen, our life goes on. We got to get to an all new Lone Star 911. Come on, people. Hey, what do you want? The 10 o'clock news to be delayed just because some guy died in the track? Let's all be adult about this. Oh, my God. The only thing better would have been if they could have gone right to the Simpsons. If that had happened on Sunday, they went into an all new Simpsons. That would be great. I mean, come on. You got to have a clue once in a while, people. I know it's live TV, but that's, that's your job. You're supposed to be good at live TV. That was a joke. That was like, I mean, you would expect the AV club in high school to get that one right. That was just, I mean, that was just totally stupid. But what are you going to do? Fox, do better. Much, much, much better. Um, now, speaking of stupid, here comes Major League Baseball now with an idea for the postseason um, where they want to basically allow the highest-seeded teams to choose their opponent. I mean, come on, guys. What are, we, what are we doing? You know, why don't we just have a poker tournament instead? Instead of having a regular season, let's just have a a big Texas Hold'em game for the entire year. Give me a break. You know, Major League Baseball has a problem with fans. I have an idea. How about you start treating people better? How does that sound? I I went to a wild card game. and I'm not trying to make it about me. But I went to the wild card game between the Yankees and Houston. It must have been four seasons ago at this point. Trying to to piece together the events of my life at that time. Let's say four or five years ago. And the Yankees had no chance in this game. They're facing Dallas Keuchel, who they never, ever could hit back then. And my buddy wants to go, okay, great, we go. I get the, 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 the tickets on my card. So because I did that, and the guys paid me back. I'm not trying to sound like some you know, big baller here, but the guys paid me back. But well, we had good seats. And because of all that, I start getting phone calls and emails from the Yankees. And I'm working with an internal salesman who now wants to try to sell me like a 12 or 13-game season, pa- season ticket package for the next season. And I said, yeah, maybe I'll, th- you know, I'll think about it. We get to the game. We had tickets to one of the bars in the outfield. We had to wait about 20 minutes to get a beer. There were lines everywhere, you know? And I talked to the guy at the game, the guy, in person. The guy came down to the section. I said, you want to know why I don't go to more games? It's because of shit like this. And the guy was just immune to anything I was saying. Never upped the offer. Never offered to bring us to a game next year. Never offered to throw a couple extra games in for free. Never offered, you know, access to a club. Nothing. It was like in one year and out the other. And I'm not trying to make it about me, but obviously we didn't go for that season ticket package, and, and that's just how it is. You fast forward to now, The Yankees are doing anything to get you in the ballpark, whether it's a pinstripe pass, which is basically a standing room only ticket that comes with a free beer attached to it. They're offering crazy discounts on day games. In fact, the the guy that I went to that playoff game with, he showed me an offer where they were offering him luxury suites, two for one. You go to you go to a game in a luxury suite, you pay for you pay for the suite, they'll give you another game for free. And they'll throw in tickets to to their Delta Club, and they'll throw in parking and 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 they're doing anything to get people in the ballpark. That's because of years and years and years of treating people like garbage and charging them a ton of money for it. Look at the Phillies right now. The Phillies are actually changing the Philly fanatic, which is it's it's comical how little they actually change the thing, but they're changing the way their mascot looks so they don't have to pay the guys who originally designed the mascot. I mean, it's insane. That's what they're doing. They actually said, well, this we got a big redesign. They gave them different eyes and different shoes, and you're supposed to believe that that's actually really different. Like, you just tell, again, you can just tell people any stupid thing, and they're going to actually believe that over what they're looking at with their throwing two eyes. It's crazy. It's absolutely crazy. Look what's going on with the minor leagues. Major League Baseball is looking to get rid of 40 of them across the country. 40 of them. You know what that's going to do to some of these places, these communities? The local bars, the people that maybe offer up the yards for parking? Jobs for kids. I mean, it's sick. It's sick. What, do you think people don't notice this? The Blue Jays fans now have to pay for not one, but two streaming services if they want to watch their own team play, okay? So maybe instead of all these wrinkles, the, you know, the, the powers that be in, in baseball might want to get together and say, you know what? Enough's enough. We have to revamp our entire approach to how we treat fans. There's, there are a lot of options right now. There's other sports. I get all that kind of stuff. But honestly, the, the number one reason why you're having a hard time getting people to the ballpark is very, very simple okay and that is because of the way you act it's just like with the oscars people have said for years knock it off we don't want to lecture when we're watching an award show we like movies we don't want to talk politics we don't want you talking down to us we don't want this to become a you know some sort of liberal convention okay about climate change and everything else so you know what happens lowest rated oscars ever same thing with mlb you're charging a ton of money you're treating people like garbage you keep pushing and pushing and pushing Finally, people are going to get to their breaking point. And now you're seeing people not want to come to the ballpark, and for good reason. And you know what's not helping? And I hate to come back to it, but the Houston Astros. Because the Houston Astros don't know how to just keep their mouths shut, okay, and quit while they're behind. And that is, that is exactly what's going on here. And if you ever had somebody do something bad to you, whatever it is, there's a few different ways you can tell that they're really not sorry. The Astros give you a couple of these. First, The first thing is, if you ever had someone do something to you and then blame you for what they did, where they try to turn the whole thing around on you. And that's exactly what you're seeing with Houston here, where you got the owner mentioned the Yankees. You got Carlos Correa getting on TV talking about, about how Cody Bellinger has to shut the fuck up. What are you, nuts? Are you guys, wait, wait a second, you guys are now victims? You're crazy. And then the other way you can tell someone's not sorry, and there's a bunch of different ways, but this is just what the Astros are doing. The way they, they give you this half-assed, passive-aggressive apology, and they just carefully word it so they're just withholding all the things that you really want to hear. Because it's like they did something wrong, so now they have all the power. And now they'll apologize to you when they're good and ready, and they're going to do it on their own terms. Now, give me a fucking break, okay? Knock it off, people. Just stop it. What what you saw from Bregman and what you heard from Altuve, those were ridiculous. Those weren't apologies. Those were just, that was like it was, they they were, those statements were designed to just make you more and more angry. And then you got Dusty Baker. Dusty Baker's not a kid. Dusty Baker's been around a while. He's talking about how Major League Baseball has to intervene and make sure that these guys don't get thrown at. Hey, Dusty, what did you think you were getting yourself into here? Why do you think you got a job as a manager in January? It's not because everything was going well down there. I mean, give me a break. And now now you've got Josh Reddick and and, and Correa again coming forward and saying they've been threatened on social media. You know what? Save it. There is nothing new. I'm not saying that behavior is okay. And if you've really been threatened on social media, you know what? Report it to your general manager. Report it to the authorities. I don't care. I don't care if Yankee fans did it. If you went out there and you were dumb enough to threaten these guys on Twitter, and again follow me on Twitter at BC, aka the man, you'll see I don't make threats. But go ahead, go ahead and report it to the F- to the FBI. I guarantee you, once the authorities start knocking on doors, people will stop making these social media threats. Okay, it's cowardly and it's stupid, but they're threats. And let's face it you're really probably not in any kind of danger whatsoever. Josh Reddick said that somebody hopes their 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 kids get cancer. All right, that's unpleasant. I don't it's not something I would do. But it's not like they're actually going to give your kids cancer. But you on the other hand actually cheated during the playoffs. You actually cheated during the World Series. Okay, so spare me the puppy dog eyes. I, I don't all of you. I, I don't want to see it. Okay, I don't care. This this shit's been going on. What do you think happens to a kid from Georgia when he misses a game-time field goal? The the UNC basketball team this year is having an awful season. A little bit of bad luck, but a terrible year. They already talked about how three or four of the kids had to delete all of their social media. They couldn't stand it. Yeah, it's ridiculous behavior on the part of the fans. I'm not saying it's not, but it's nothing new. And in the case of the Astros, they didn't just lose a couple games as amateur athletes. You are paid professionals who went ahead and you cheated. Josh Reddick, hey, come on, guys, this is just a game. Yeah, yeah, a game that you went to extraordinary, extraordinary lengths to cheat at. Don't ever forget that. And while you're at it, do us all a favor and grow up. If you're a man enough to come up with this scheme, you're man enough to deal with the consequences. And a few wackos making death threats on Instagram or on Twitter or wherever is not going to make the rest of us feel sorry for you and make this whole thing go away. It just isn't. And there's another component to this where the Major League play- players are supposed to be a fraternity that compete against each other, but they also stick up for one another. And you guys, you guys went to mess with all of that. If you watch any of All-Star Weekend in Chicago for the NBA, you see how much respect the guys all have for each other and how they all stick up for each other because they know they're all winning. They're all making tons of money. You guys decided that you just didn't have any respect for that. You also showed a, a great lack of respect for your own owner and owners of other teams out there that are about to sign you to contracts. A couple of these guys got contracts based on numbers they put up, which may not hold up now that they can't cheat when they're at home. You really think that's fair? And that's one thing a lot of you guys haven't thought through. Now that this whole story is out, the vast majority of the guys playing for the Astros right now eventually are going to have to go play for other teams. That's just how Major League Baseball works. You get the occasional Derek Jeter who goes, you know, 20 years, Kobe. But, but in pro sports now, it's, it's very unlikely you go for your entire career with one organization. Which means these guys are now going to have to face a locker room of 24 other guys and explain what it is they did when they were in Houston. And that's just the teams that will actually have them. Something they probably didn't think through. That's all the time we got this week on the Air Attack. Thanks for joining us. Make sure you check out facebook.com slash the air attack. Also follow me on Twitter and on SoundCloud at bcak the man. And remember, the Air Attack with BC the Man is available on Apple Podcasts, on Spreaker, and on Spotify. Make sure to subscribe and share that today. Close it out today with the guy that opens every show from Miami. Here's Lace, so fly. I am BC the Man. See you guys next week on the Air Attack. That's
1: just how I woke up feeling today, man. <laughs> Y'all feel me on this, though. I wake up and I roll up wait hold up you know what there's no luck want more bucks give no fucks so what yeah you got ice but you look like a little blonde type like red hair pink hair blue hair oh hell oh well Guess that's just the type of shit that's gon' sell. Game change, game strange. I don't wanna be near. I'm up and out of here in a different atmosphere. I'm so high, I'm so fly. You know why? How I vibe, ain't no lie, ain't no lie. Through your vibe is what made me. Hustling is what pays me. On the daily getting latest. You know why? I'm so fly, so fly, so fly. I'm fresh. I got the girls, plus the checks, what's next? I'm so fly, alright. I'm so fly, alright. I'm so fly. You know why? I'm so fly, so fly, so fly. I'm fresh. Getting cash, I got the girls, plus the checks, what's next? I'm so fly, alright. I'm so fly, alright. the sky and no I, chase my dreams, chase the green, hit the scene so fresh and clean, so fresh and clean, yeah, hustle is what I do, low key is how I move, if you can't move high I move, then you can't do how I do, it's simple nigga, multiply mathematics, gotta get it, gotta have it, it's a habit, I'm a savage, I'm a grinder, I'm a thinker, I'm a She want to spend the night with me, but no, I can't trust her With the Gucci on my feet, Versace on my face When I walk up in the place, they say, there he go, that's lace Cause I'm so fly, so fly, so fly, I'm fresh Getting cash, I got the girls, plus the checks, what's next? I'm so fly, alright, I'm so fly, alright I got the girls, plus the checks. What's next? I'm so fly, alright. I'm so fly, alright. I'm so fly. You know why? I'm so fly, alright. I'm so fly, alright. I'm so fly. You know why? I'm so fly, alright. I'm so fly, alright. I'm so fly. You know why?